0: Welcome to another episode of Igniting the Spark, Talk Film Society's uh, Star Wars podcast. I am your host and Star Wars fan, uh, Callie Smith, and today we are starting on um, a new a new adventure within uh, Star Wars stuff. We are moving taking a brief break uh, from movies to start covering The Mandalorian, everybody's uh, favorite Disney Plus show. Uh, And today to discuss the very first episode with me is my friend and co-worker um, uh, Mark Watlington, who is one of the co-hosts of Best Pictures did i forget anything else in your
1: intro Mark? um no that's that's mostly it i'm a little confused by coworker, but i'll take it
0: well co-worker i guess former co-worker i guess because you used to write on tfs yeah i haven't contributed
1: to talk <laughs> to some society in a while but you
0: are you are right to I suppose be a little confused by that.
1: <laughs> but um, I don't want to make it sound like we're like getting off work and just like sitting down to, to record this together.
0: I guess I should have included the word previous or whatever. But still still <laughs> friend, co-contributor. Co Co-con- that's the word contributor. Anyway. <laughs> so, um we were talking briefly before we started, but you know, the thing I'm kind of starting to ask everybody at the beginning of all these episodes is what are you most excited about of in the future that Disney has announced for the star Wars franchise? You know, there's um
1: a lot of stuff coming up. The Disney has just decided to completely inundate us with content, both yes. star Wars and Marvel related. And it's very exciting. Um, I, I mean, the Boba Fett show, Book of Boba Fett. I think it's going to be interesting. And I'm really excited for Obi-Wan um, and, and that whole TV show. I love Ewan McGregor and I just love anything that happens on Tatooine. So I'm excited to get back there with Boba and with uh, Obi-Wan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. But yeah, that's the common theme there, isn't it?
1: And, you know, I spent, like, the entire sequel trilogy thinking, like, when are we going to get back to... Tatooine, because like I think yeah. five out of the six first six movies took like had at least a scene on Tatooine, because yeah. it was like the pod race, the younglings dying, going mm. to a uh, giving Luke to Uncle Owen, and then mm. in Episode Four, of course, you start on Tatooine, and then. I don't think you go to Tatooine in Empire, but then there's the whole Jabba's Palace in, in Return. Yeah.
0: And I mean, like, they kind of gave you a... They tried to kind of be like, here's Jakku. It's kind of like that. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, well, yeah, but no. Uh, it doesn't quite have the same charm.
1: <laughs> I remember when everyone was like... Was like you know, I think that they just sing it's Jakku to surprise us that it's Tatooine. And it's like, no, there's just a thousand desert planets. Yeah, I mean, it's a common thing in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in this episode, we go to another desert planet. Yes. Um,
0: um, but, like, a different one. Like, it's not quite, because, you know, Jakku and Aunt Tatooine are kind of just like endless wastes of sand, you know, whereas well, this one is very, like, textures. You're right. I forgot. Yeah, there's like the I guess Jakku is mostly like an endless. Jakku is like just like waste. sand everywhere. Yeah, it's just sand. It's Anakin Skywalker's absolute nightmare. <laughs> um, and I uh, will
1: say that the sequel trilogy did take us back to Tatooine, just to absolutely <laughs> was like put me in a horrible mood, and then took
0: yeah. me Tatooine and then punch me in the to say, face in a so- way that nobody enjoyed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was upset.
0: Oh, man. One of my favorite videos to kind of laugh at on the internet was, like, a bunch of uh, fans. I believe they were specifically Reylo fans who had, like, basically bought out a whole theater and just, like, heckled the shit out of the end of Rise Skywalker. <laughs> and I remember, like, as, like, it zooms in on Ray, there's just somebody yelling, I Hate Star Wars, and I was just like, I mean, I get it. Like, I get it sometimes, you know. Um, yeah Mm -hmm. i
1: i I'm still surprised that I never saw um the Rise of Skywalker a second time in theaters. It's like amazing that there was a Star Wars movie that I only saw once in theaters, and was like, that's enough.
0: That's enough for me. I did. It was one of my last things I saw before the pandemic popped off in theaters. One of the last theater movies I saw. Wow. In like December. And I just remember I was wearing like my Kylo Ren jacket. I went and saw it in 3D because I still had A-list. And I was wearing my Kylo Ren 3D glasses from The Force Awakens, the days where I was innocent and (laughs) believed good (laughs) things would happen to Kylo Ren. Uh, And then I remember just kind of leaving and going... Well... (laughs) I did that again <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it,
1: uh, it, It's still bad the second time So
0: yeah it's still not I mean there Are parts of it right I like yeah, and we can course. Relitigate this movie to death but there Are you know I like seeing Babu Frick On the on the big screen again in 3D Absolutely yeah <laughs> I love that you know Honestly um, if they were paying full price
1: Or charging full price to go watch Babu Frick just that scene <laughs> I'd probably yeah,
0: do it Yeah just to watch a Master cut of every time he says like hey hey I'd be like, yeah, $13. Let me slap it down on the table. Here we go. Um, but yeah. Ugh. So r-
1: my sense of time is garbage at this point due to COVID. <laughs> you told me that like uh, Rise of Skywalker was the last thing you saw before COVID. And I was like, no, that was like two years before COVID.
0: <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the very last thing. It was one of the last things. Yeah. I think it was the last thing I saw at... Where I previously lived, which was Muscle Shoals, Alabama, it was the last thing I think I saw in that theater um, was... Skywalker for a second time <laughs> bye. <Rough. laughs> bye muscle <trolls. laughs> i guess that's a little indicative of my time in that town so <laughs> but, but anyway mandalorian
1: season one comes before rise of skywalker yes it and does. you know what that makes sense now because baby yoda does the whole like force healing thing they, and that yes. kind of precedes Ray doing the force healing on the snake.
0: Yes. In fact, they. my mom, I remember my mom observing, wow, they planned that out very carefully because the episode where baby, I mean, we'll call him the child, I guess, because we're in season one, but I mean, we all know this. I will call Grogu. him Baby Yoda. At baby least Yoda, in season one, why.
1: I'm in season two. If I do <laughs> a season two episode, I will uh, call him Grogu.
0: Yeah. I think it happens in episode seven. And that came out, like, the Friday, I believe, the week before Rise of Skywalker. So that they could show you him force healing, and then, like, in the next movie, she started, and it, you know, the next week, Ray started using it. Um, was which, it episode seven? I mean, you're about to find I out. I think it was. But I, in my memory, it's, like, episode three. <laughs> no, I think it's because he heals Grief Karga. Um, oh, Okay. And I believe that's in Episode 7. It's, like, one of the last things that happens in Episode 7. Oh, um, what I'm
1: remembering in Episode 3 is, like, him using the Force for the... It would be the first time. I don't know. My memory is just no,
0: not the first memory. time for him, but the first time for us seeing him. I guess, right? Yeah, but that's also episode
1: two when he like lifts the big monster. Uh, spoilers if anyone's watching Mando for the first. time <laughs> If anybody is watching, watching podcast, for the
0: Mando for the first time, listening to us episode by episode, I would be really surprised. But hey, great! <laughs> I love it. Um... But yeah, it's, uh, but the thing is, what a sad state of affairs that is, though, that they planned it that way because, let's be honest, like, somebody at Disney went, all of our shithead fans are gonna react like shit if they see a woman do it before this little baby creature. (laughs) Yeah, they had to, like, kind of plant a seed
1: somewhere. It's not like Raising Vincent this.
0: And that's a little distressing because it's just like I don't know. It is pretty wild to be like people will buy this animatronic puppet doing it more than they'll buy um, good old Ray uh, busting it out, even if Ray says specifically that like it was in Luke's journals, like and yeah. I, I learned it there. And Luke must have learned it from Grogu, uh, maybe. or he just figured it out on his own. But he didn't. I like Grogu. that. I hope they explore that um, somehow. Not in Mandalorian, because now yeah, Mandalorian, no. you know. In a book. Things have changed. I don't want to see CGI Luke try to learn. <laughs> I don't want more CGI Luke, it's true. But anyway, well, let's start on episode one. What date did this come up? Or did this come um, out? Uh, When did it first come out? That's a great question. I'm not positive. I believe it was in the year before as we talked about the year before rise of skywalker so
1: 2019 yeah and if um, eight episodes if seven episodes aired before december it would have been in like late october
0: uh episode one came out okay november of 2019 so you were you okay. were there you're getting I was close. close some uh some um, quick head in math. the neighborhood um it was mid-november so yeah Which I guess tracks, right? Because I was saying like episode 7 was right before The week before Rise of Skywalker Which was Christmas So anyway, this episode um, Well, it's great (laughs) That's the first thing Yeah, (laughs) absolutely I mean, I had kind of forgotten You know, there are so many things About the first season That I'm excited to kind of Rediscover as I watch it again um, And in this episode Like one of the first things I was like, "Oh yeah," was the fact that he hates droids in the first season and like, yeah. <laughs> slowly gets over that. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a thing." I completely—it's just not even a thing anymore in season two. There's just—I mean—and I, I like when I was watching this,
1: especially when he like met um, the the droid. I what like BB11 IG-88, or something? I IG88. I was completely wrong. Um, <laughs> IG11 is also a thing. It's like a bounty hunter yes. in Empire? I think IG-11
0: is the one in Empire. Okay. And I think 88, I'm, oh, nope, I flipped it. Hey, so I got it completely wrong. Hey, Guess okay. who's next? <laughs> 11 is the one in Taika Waititi plays here, and 88 is the one in uh, the original trilogy.
1: Well, and I said BB-11, so if you put our <laughs> answers together, we both completely right and We'll completely get wrong. there. Yeah, yeah. But it reminded me of like how this season ends and all of like the bonds that form, um, yeah. And all like all of the characters that show up at the end feel like one-off characters. Like if IG Eleven, well, IG Eleven kind of has to show up because it doesn't get a good ending in this episode. Um, <laughs> but you don't expect them to kind of group up again at the end. And then in season two, kind of the same thing happens where you like runs into a bunch of people along the, the plot of the season, and then they all group up again. But for some reason, it works better in season one, and i I wonder if that's because in season two they're like kind of established characters. But I haven't seen Clone Wars, so I don't really understand the backstory yeah. that much. I like read uh, I don't know like D- diz insider articles or whatever about who <laughs> these people were. Um, but i I wasn't like intimately aware yeah. of who they were, whereas like everyone was aware of who ig11 is so they put some effort into developing him
0: or um you know um i don't even know how to say the name but the character nick nolte plays here uh yeah real or something like that um (laughs) sounds right i have spoken guy (laughs) yes he has spoken Uh, and you know that's another character that you don't you're not familiar with so you get to get familiar with him and he's a great character i mean this is the thing i really noticed watching this episode which makes sense this one's directed by dave filoni who made the clone wars um which uh no no shame in admitting you haven't seen the clone wars because i'm still watching (laughs) <laughs> i host a star wars podcast <laughs> and by
1: the way i can't wait for season three of uh the spark where you go episode by episode through the clone wars
0: oh yeah no 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 <laughs> i have not figured out how clone wars is going to happen <laughs> <laughs> i have
1: seen a lot of the clone wars um mm-hmm. Someone, I mean, everyone tells you that like when Darth Maul shows up, it like really starts to get good. And I watched all the way up until Darth Maul shows up, and I was like, still not feeling it. And if this <laughs> is where it's good, then I'm just gonna take a step back. Yeah. Um, and that was a number of years ago as well. I was like in college,
0: so yeah, five yeah, or six years. And I'm still making it through. I have like a printed out like chronological order that I'm getting through, and it's oh wow, it's it's a lot. Um, because that is the thing about that show is it doesn't air technically in the order everything actually happened so there's a little bit of jumping around not tons but just enough to make it annoying
1: <laughs> yeah i just watched in release
0: order or whatever it was on netflix mm-hmm. at the time yeah so but this show is definitely i mean the strength of clone wars is the kind of like slow building of the dynamics. Um, obviously I'm not terribly far in it yet. But you know, like even the very the movie. The movie Clone Wars is basically just like three episodes mashed together. Um, Some of theaters. Yeah. Um it's not great as a movie. But like at the beginning, you know, Anakin is very much just like I don't want ahsoka here why is this happening you know like it's a very you know and most of the fans i think at the time found ahsoka very grating and like i'm only a season or two in and like already like that bond between like anakin and ahsoka is like very real even if it is like still in a level of like playfully you know batting at each other and joking at each other um, But, like, that's the strength that you also kind of start seeing in Mandalorian with, like, Filoni having so much um, control over this. I mean, ultimately, I think the showrunner is technically still Jon Favreau, um, but Filoni is definitely so much more involved in this. Um, you
1: know, I kind of assume that Jon Favreau cares more or is is focused more in his job is more directed towards the physical and technical parts of it yeah. whereas Filoni is more worried about thematic stuff writing Story. introducing characters structure that kind of stuff the very felonious stuff
0: that's actually like a really great way of defining it and probably almost exactly how it is defined <laughs> at mandalorian hq you know like yeah of like go if you have a question about technical stuff directing and all that go over to uh john and if you have a story a question about star wars and the story it goes over to dave yeah um but it's just like this this episode just really sets things up so well um the fight at the very beginning of this that ends with like (laughs) our our first line we ever hear um Mando say is that I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold thing, and mm-hmm. then like a cut to the light title, and like what an incredible opening scene for this character that just sets him up right off the bat, and you're like, I'm on board, at least I was <laughs> yeah, and it
1: establishes like a type of fight scene you haven't seen very much in mm. Marvel or sorry, in Star Wars, and it is more of a Marvel type fight where it's like grappling hand to hand. Um, yeah, you're introduced to all of his cool tricks, like his grappling hook and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but it's yeah. like every fight you see in Star Wars is either laser guns or laser swords, and this one is like, no, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch your face into a bar. <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah. just cool.
0: It is, it is, it is a bar brawl. Like in, you know, in um, a New Hope. Like you kind of have the same like cantina vibes in this but even more menacing but in a new hope instead of having a full-on like bar brawl (laughs) obi-wan you know takes out his lightsaber and boop that's it (laughs) like no more fighting because this guy can eviscerate you in a second that's all it takes (laughs) you know um and this yeah i mean it literally starts with like mando picking up a like you know thing of space beer basically and smashing it on somebody's head and that's fantastic Um and it ends with that kind of very gr- I remember noticing as soon as it started that it said it was TVPG and then within like you know the two minutes of intro segment somebody's getting cut in half by a space door and I'm like TV, PG. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's implied being
1: cut yeah, in Yeah, you don't see. You don't see it happen. But it's you do awesome. see the door closing with him thud. inside of it, and you see yeah. his leg fall, so you can kind of put it's, two, two It's together. that
0: rule of, like... I remember learning once that, like, one of the rules between PG-13 and R is that, like, if you see a knife... If somebody can get stabbed with a knife in PG-13, but you can't see the knife enter the flesh or something like that, like you can't get an up close shot of them getting stabbed and that's R. And this is very much that kind of editing where it's like, it's starting to close, another (laughs) cut, you see the legs fall, (laughs) you know, like, um, but still, like, it's kind of, I mean, it's a pretty intense way to kick off the show. It Um, is. And then you know, pretty
1: immediately, the the bounty guy gets put in carbonite, yeah, um, in yeah. some high tech like. I mean, I feel like in episode five, like, carbonite was a whole process. They had to, like, drop him down, did this huge thing, It took a whole room. Yeah. Now he has, like, canned carbonite. Um, (laughs) It just sprays him, and he's frozen. Now
0: he has, like, a little file that he can flip through of carbonite, like, bounties. I do like that that scene, though, because, like, you've only seen Mando for, like, what, a couple minutes at this point. And yet, like... (laughs) as soon as that guy is like oh yeah i'm just gonna go down to the vac tube no problem you're already going i know mando well enough to know that you are never gonna get away with this my dude my blue alien dude (laughs) like this is never happening um and it's so it's silly um but it's. I also love that he mentions Life Day. As of course, like, I, I remember course. the internet
1: just blowing up in that mention. It's like, <laughs> oh, Life Day's a thing again. Yeah. Like that, like <laughs> automatically recanonizes Life Day.
0: Yeah, I remember having that exact moment too. Like, and it's so short into the very first episode. It's. I feel like it's yeah. just like Dave Filoni or somebody just being like, no, 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 we're we're doing all the nerdy shit. Like we're bringing <laughs> it all back. Like, and you can't you can't We've stop got- me
1: eight episodes to throw in all kinds of nerdy <laughs> shit. Let's just start with Life Day and see where we go. Yeah,
0: like like the rest of this episode is going to be like so just straight up cool and dope that you're going to forgive us for immediately mentioning Life Day as soon as yeah. we're out <laughs> the gate. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's also like, I found it like easy to forget, especially because like, well, I'm working on a different... Uh, version of the costume, but I like I kind of forgotten how absolutely battered and like not great looking Mando is whenever we start like with him yeah. in this episode. His his uniform or whatever his you want to call it. His armor like, is just Miss Mash's head.
1: It's he has like a Beskar's steel helmet and then everything else seems to be kind of like baseline armor yeah. until, you know, he gets paid for the job in Beskar and he makes shoulder pads out of them.
0: Yeah, just like one shoulder pad. Um, yeah, just and That's crazy. Just the one. Uh, which is funny because I look at whenever he hands over that little thing of Beskar I'm like, that makes the whole shoulder pad? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah,
1: it's gotta be like Coating on top of something.
0: Yeah, yeah, know. no,
1: absolutely.
0: But uh, it's that scene, too, where he gets that made is a really good, great sequence. Because besides just the fact that the armorer is kind of a great character that we unfortunately haven't gotten yes, to see any of love the season two. She's great. I mean, is the character design great? No, not yet. Not at all. Um, wow. I think the reason being that he kind of you know leaves by the end of this episode by the end of this season like there's kind of a like parting of the ways between him and like the rest of the Mandalorians because she sends him out and says like your mission is to deal with the child you know like that's true and just don't even bother coming back until you've done that it makes me wonder if in
1: season three There'll be a bit of a showdown Between like the armor And her clan and, yeah. and the other Mandalorians he meets yeah, Who are much less religious Not yes. as devoted to like the code
0: And that was the thing watching this a second time That I noticed kind of about Like this sequence Is like even without When I watched it the first time and did not have as much Context for like Mandalorian Backstory and stuff like that I kind of watched it and went, "Wow, do all Mandalorians like speak the way they're talking?" Like it does give off these almost like culty like vibes, and then you yeah. find out in, in season two, like whenever Bo Katan is like, "Oh yeah, 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 you're in that weird culty part of the Mandalorians," <laughs> you're like, "Oh, okay, so that makes more sense now." Um, so my cult vibes were justified. I see. Yes. I understand now um this makes so much more sense um but i just i think that they do a really good job of just like kind of sprinkling it in without being too on the nose about it you know i mean there's so much great world building in
1: this whole first episode Mm -hmm. uh we we skipped over the part where he goes to his like i don't know bounty boss i don't know the name for it um and you know they without directly talking about it they you know he offers to pay him in empire credits and he's like i don't fuck with that so can i curse yeah. oh yeah um, yeah you're good okay <laughs> um he was like i don't i don't do credits yeah. like empire credits those don't those he's like the empire's over and his boss goes well they, they still spend yeah which really tells you a lot about like this is when after the empire's fallen but like before the empire's really gone yeah um it's and this and weird in between calamari tokens, and I like the fact <laughs> that like he's like, I'll take this fish money, sure, <laughs> sure. Why not? I have
0: to take something, before <laughs> yeah, no. But it is a really great. They do such a good job of like, it's it's really interesting how they show the empire kind of in this first episode because you really see almost nothing of it other than the mention at first of imperial credits, whatever, and then like he is not told your new client is empire related or anything he literally just like walks into that door the door opens and there's all these stormtroopers there yeah and it is kind of jarring where you're just like right (laughs) it's not ancient history it is history for them but it's not ancient history it's still very like they're just around the corner from like return of the of jedi and everything return of the jedi that's not it but I'm a mess. What am, what am I doing? You're right. No, it is Return. It is right Return, the of, the of, return of the Jedi. In the the uh, fall of the Empire. Brain. My brain.
1: Been a long time. I know. It's annoying <laughs> that there's Rise, there's Return, and there's Revenge. revenge. Yeah. Too many R's. And, and also, like, if
0: you called it Rise of the Jedi, like, that kind of makes sense. Like yeah. I guess they are returning. There are those people. So, there are some people who have this, like, thing of, like, all of them are actually named incorrectly, and you could swap around the names, and it would make more sense. Um, But I i think is a little silly but yeah if i remember correctly it
1: makes a little bit of sense but it's also like the current names also make
0: sense the, they his. also make sense just fine except for rise of skywalker which makes zero fucking sense zero sense <laughs> also zero like sense.
1: what would they what else are they <laughs> going to call the clone wars yeah
0: like it's
1: episode five the clone wars what do you mean <laughs> yeah i mean it's oh, true. actually you know what rise of skywalker could be the clone wars that's a good point <laughs>
0: I was about to say That one could be Attack of the Clones Yeah Attack (laughs) of the Clones Unfortunately Unfortunately That is funny (laughs) Dumb (laughs) Dumb I'm mad about it Um, Dumb movie (laughs) But anyway uh, Mando though Oh and then of course We get uh, Fucking Werner Herzog Which I think is there's so much casting in The Mandalorian that I find so interesting and so the yeah. exact opposite of who I would expect to show up in a Star Wars show. And yeah. case in point is like... Werner, yeah. Werner right off the bat, um, who is playing this role with all the seriousness of Werner Herzog, like not treating it like a Star Wars role at all. Um, And it's just, it's great. Like he's so he's so good in it and because of his just natural kind of certain level of a uh, malevolence if you will yeah <laughs> You're just kind of like oh i get bad vibes from this dude you know immediately besides the fact that he's even empire um he's great um And he he really does put off like villain vibes while
1: he's not asking for anything mean. And honestly, like the guy standing behind him who gets like upset when he offers to pay for a dead body Mm -hmm. as well is like, oh, that's the real bad guy.
0: Yeah. And I remember whenever this episode first came out, everybody noticed, and we haven't fully gotten the payoff of this yet, but we kind of can see it coming, I guess, that the. Scientist who is behind him, who I'm sure has a Star Wars saying that I am forgetting at this moment. I'm sure his logo, that's like on his uniform shoulder, mm-hmm. is the Camino uh, Clone logo. Like it's the Clones oh. of Camino so it, cool. yeah pretty cool I pretty love, cool i context. love Kamino.
1: you know this i was, this. About I was on the, the attack of the clones <laughs> episode of this show and you know i love Camino.
0: yes i i'm so glad that i got to tell you this and hear you hear this for the first time yeah that's and that was something that was so cool after this first episode i learned that and went oh shit so this is why this guy wants little baby you know he and then like in season two once we they actually get him for a while you know moff gideon basically goes you can have back i already took his blood i'm good to go and (laughs) that like to me they don't fully confirm it but that kind of confirms exactly what you kind of start getting from the camino logo on the shoulder
1: yeah and you know i remember people also talking about like snow clones you can see in tubes um so it all kind of plays into the Rise of Skywalker cloning yeah. part, which is, of course, you know, I'm not even going to call it the worst part of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> cause
0: it's hard to say, but it's up there. It's, yeah, it's not great. Um, It's not, it's not worked in with the same amount of care, right, that it's worked into this. In Rise in yeah. of Skywalker, it's clearly a how do we explain Snoke because Ryan didn't explain Snoke in the last one. He just killed him. I guess we'll use clones. <laughs> Whereas here, it's a very like subtle background-like menace that they're dealing with. It's a phantom yeah. menace, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think
1: that's why I really like this show, and especially the first season that doesn't bothered too much with tying into the other movies. Mm -hmm. I think and the second season strays away from this a little bit more with some of the like some of the cloning, some of the boba stuff, some of the Clone Wars kind of stuff. But this season really just, like, takes place in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. and there are people who are related to entities that are in the Star Wars movies, yeah. but it's not like, oh, you know, this is actually kind of how they're retconning, how they made the Snoke cloning technology or ever.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's really smart of this show to start and really, really, like, ground you in the new characters before they start bringing in familiar stuff and yeah. stuff that you know um which they super super do in season two i mean season two just kind of kicks off and it's like i'm gonna start hitting you with new characters but still in a way that like makes sense and is palatable rather than somehow palpatine returned <laughs> you know like, yeah. it's um, better than like the dead are risen or risen yeah yeah <laughs> the, the dead speak, the dead speak. Right. <laughs> yes even worse. uh right off the bat um <laughs> oh wait! I'm sorry. No, no, no. We can't say that. That's what it was right off the bat. Everybody knows that they uh, tease that by uh, doing something in Fortnite where you could hear Palpatine's voice right before.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that just happened to me on a day that I wasn't playing Fortnite, which uh, yeah, is you know, most days. Is so. most
0: days for me as well. Uh, God, I remember seeing that and just being like, "What's happening? This isn't. This does is not bode well." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's. This is just. Such a solid thing. It's such a. I mean, and then we haven't gotten to the ending. I mean, we have. Well, to be fair, we haven't talked about him. Uh, taming that those creatures too. I can't remember what they're called. They start with a B. But him and Creel, I have spoken, man.
1: Um, I have spoken, man. Um, which, um, what
0: is his name? Oh, Creel. Yeah. Queel, Yeah. And uh, uh, then Blurgs are the creatures. Blurgs, that's it. I, I remember do love this Blurgs. Because I was like, they said the name of it, and I was like, that's just like something I say just to express frustration, and you named a Star Wars animal that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, it definitely does feel like kind of a, you know, <laughs> replace Slater with actual name kind of thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good, and I had forgotten how, sh- it's really short. It's not much of the episode, but it just felt so like, whenever I watched it the first time. It's like
1: good 48 minutes it's well no
0: but i just mean like
1: the the it's not an hbo episode and no. it's not like a special episode no but, but I it mean, is even longer just, than like an nbc episode
0: yeah 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 no that's not but i just meant the uh oh god however you say his name in the blurg section that's oh, only yeah. like a couple minutes of this episode and but yet like in those couple episodes Between, you know, Favreau's writing and Filoni's direction, like, they make that character a really great character, you know, you get the really great moment of him, you know, just a little, like, flavor text, almost, if to put it in video game terms, of, like, him reminding him, like, your your Mandalorian ancestors tamed the Mythosaur and you can't ride this little thing. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I think that's really cool. It gives you some idea of the history of the Mandalorians, which you also yeah. get a little bit in a flashback when he's, like, mupping a foundling.
0: Yes. And they sprinkle in both his backstory and the Mandalorian backstory just, like, so perfectly. You yes. Know?
1: I, just... I think that it's a really great, like, world-building episode. Yes. While also, like, introducing the plot, introducing all kinds of characters that could end up being important. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really, like... Intricately crafted episode, it feels like. Yeah. And when I remember this episode, the thing that I remembered having watched it two years ago and never doing a rewatch is the gunfight at the end, which I remember mm-hmm. as being most of the episode, and it's probably
0: five ten minutes of the episode. Yeah. It's it's a short part of it too. Yeah. It's really it's really funny how much they manage to pack into this episode without making it feel rushed and by with making everything feel very fleshed out and, like, complete. Like like yeah. you said, it's only a 48-minute episode. That's a normal, like, hour-length show episode. You know what I mean? Like, if it had commercials. Um, and they pack so much in. Like I said, doesn't ever feel rushed. And it almost makes you feel like you've watched, like, at least the first time you watch it. Like, you've watched a... F- full like movie because all of these sections feel longer because they have the emotional impact of something that took longer, I guess.
1: Absolutely. And also like th- it still ends on like a huge cliffhanger. Or at least like oh, a big yeah. reveal. Of like, oh, that's Baby Yoda. Yeah. Um which that's everyone immediately started now. calling it. Yeah. And yeah. you start to realize like, oh, this is the thing he's rescuing. Yeah. And You know how is he going to turn this over to the empire?
0: Yeah, how how could he possibly do that? And I mean, to me, like, by I mean, and again, it's like it's the whole thing of just they do so much with so little in this show. From the second that he like reaches out his little finger and and Baby Yoda reaches back. Like, you know, already, I think if I remember correctly, I kind of turned to my parents at the end of the first episode and went, he's not giving that baby to the Empire. Like, I was just like, there's no way. Like, and it's literally just that little gesture. And well, I mean, it's him also killing the, or shooting the robot. But I mean, those two little gestures are all it takes for you to be like, oh, no, no, no. Like... These, these two are now ride-or-die ride or, ride or homies, you know, like...
1: So, Callie, here's a question for you, right? Because yes. when Mando gets his bounty, he's told, like, bring it here alive or dead for a much smaller fee. Mm-hmm. And then IG-11 makes it seem like his order is just to kill it. Yeah. So, who's who sent IG-11? I
0: th- think... IG-11 was probably, like, additionally hired by Werner Herzog's character, like, on the side, just in case Man, But wouldn't he have
1: brought it in alive to get the most money?
0: Yeah, you would think, but I don't know. Maybe it's because he's a droid or something that they just gave him a simpler objective. I'm not sure, but, I mean, it's not even just uh, IG-11 that's coming they're like there are you know there. the reason they have a gunfight is because lots of people have been given this that's value. right that's true and it's kind of it's wild it's, it's wild because it does mean that like they've paid probably all these people a like beginning fee the same th- thing as Mando you know like here's a little bit of the beginning come back for everything else um and yeah it does leave you kind of going why wouldn't you just like get the best guy first like and not have a million bounty hunters now fighting each other to get to the thing you want like in an
1: empire vader just hires a bunch of You're right. uh bounties so i guess that's just how bounty hunter work i never really watched a lot of dr bounty hunter so i don't really understand the profession
0: <laughs> it's it and it's something that i was always whenever i was at least younger and interested in extra star wars stuff you know around the main stuff bounty hunters and mandalorians weren't the most interesting thing to me i wanted to know more about jedi so like i don't i don't i'm not as well versed in my mandalorian stuff as a lot of other people who were obsessed with star wars when they were young (laughs) that are my age you know um but yes you're right that that Vader did the exact same thing. Um, so, so maybe it is just everyone's
1: there to get the get Groku or whatever. Get the case, and yeah. IG-11's just like, I'm going to kill it to make it easier.
0: Yeah. And that that's probably really it, is just that he is a droid and he sees the thing and he goes, well, it's there. It will be so much easier for me to take this thing in if it's dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I'm just not even going to struggle it's just not worth my time um which i get it man i if i had a job like that and i had a choice between a very easy option and a very difficult option i'd probably be like yeah <laughs> well it depends on what the pay difference is depends if, on like, what the pay difference
1: if it was like
0: 10 times as much for alive i yeah. might give it a shot yeah and i mean for mando even if he was actually going to you know turn baby over which he would never um, <laughs> the the pay difference is huge he knows that he has like a stack of best car waiting for yeah. him you know and um,
1: and he he knows that he's the only person who could get that best car yes. will bring it to the mandalorians because everybody yeah. else gets it they're just gonna i don't know sell it off. do something else with
0: it um but yeah it's uh and it's just... Uh, what a great ending. And, I mean, we also get the first... Um, I love that we get the... Um, oh, like the production art during the credits. That's one of yeah, my like favorite the decisions they've made in, like, Mandalorian. Is ending with a concept 100%. art. 100%. The
1: concept art for Star Wars is so cool. Always. Yes. Ralph McQuarrie's art is gorgeous.
0: Yes. Um, All and of his concept art. It's such a great way to feature it. Because... I don't know. I Ralph MacQuarie's concept art is something that, like, more casual Star Wars fans, I guess. I hate saying it like that. But you know what I mean. People who, you know, normal everyday people who just see the Star Wars movies because they're the Star Wars movies. You know, they all yeah. know about the MacQuarie art. And the MacQuarie art is beautiful. And I love that in doing this... You work that in so that everybody gets to not only appreciate yes, the show that you just watched was beautiful, but also look at all the work that went into making it that's equally as as beautiful.
1: Yeah, Ralph McQuarrie is no longer with us, right? I don't. Believe he didn't. So. He didn't do that art. No. Um, but it does like. But it's the it, same, like. It's concept, the same right? style and concept.
0: Ralph McQuarrie's art I guess. What I, the point I was driving at is that Ralph McQuarrie's art didn't get to be quite as appreciated by like the public overall. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the way and now they've built it into the show. Like. Yes. Yes. Appreciate yeah. this thing, but also appreciate all of the artists who like. I mean, like the, some of those pictures that we see at the end are like Pedro Pascal whenever he describes like getting this this job he came in to meet with uh john favreau and he said john favreau showed me this wall of concept art and i went oh who am i gonna be and he pointed at the mandalorian and i was like what (laughs) (laughs) uh and but like so, like, I also looked at the concept art at the end of this episode and went, oh, yeah, this is the shit that Pedro Pascal saw on his first day. 100%. And like And went, oh, <laughs> you know.
1: This is kind of the concept art that can sell you on a show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just beautiful. Like, And I remember that I watched one of these episodes in this first season with my mom and dad. And they, like, as soon as the episode was over, hit, like, back. And I was like, what the fuck?" fuck are you doing put that back on right now like even if we have to fast forward all the way to the credits because it resets we are watching that until you know yeah. the big bah, bah, da, bah, is the exact moment where it goes to actual credits instead <laughs> of that um oh and like god the whole time watching this i was just like the score on this show oh is, it's gorgeous it's unbelievable there's like <laughs> one specific
1: instrument they use and i don't know what it is but it's I, do you know the instrument i'm talking about probably the like do 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 like little, low warbling thing it, it feels woodwindy but also like really low
0: i know what it is <laughs> what is it <laughs> it is a bass recorder oh there's a really good video i highly recommend on youtube uh of Ludwig Gerhanson talking about writing the music for this and he shows some of the instruments he used and like you know like he has like a piano that's like got the like front of it open so you can see the strings so you can see some of the like muting and stuff he does to yeah. do get some of the keyboard sounds it's really great but that like really low thing is like this big ass recorder <laughs> it's so big <laughs>
1: it, it feels so foreign like yes. you feel like this is some like I don't want to say tribal because that feels like, you know, not exactly what it is. But it does feel like, oh, this is a culture that I don't know. And their, you know, instruments, their version of music, this is what music sounds like to them. And it it makes the Mandalorian feel distinct. It's not like Mm -hmm. they're just like you know Rogue One has like all of these like bastardized Star Wars themes which is yeah. great I love it yeah. but this is different this yes. is the Mandalorian and they have Mandalorian music
0: it's it's a show that is very much from the very get go audio visual everything about it is setting a completely different tone a, a different vision of like this is what we're doing this yeah. is what what we're doing sounds like this is what we're doing looks like there are no laser swords until much later, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, until like, next season, until mm-hmm. next the season. end of the season. Uh, yeah, the end of the season when uh, a fantastic reveal. Um, you know, and it's just such a the, also the bass recorder tune and some of the other things that go on in the soundtrack kind of evoke um, kind of more like Japanese and Asian music to me yeah. too, which goes back to the roots in samurai film in kurosawa movies that you know um star wars is ultimately film film wise most indebted to you know um the original trilogy at least um and i mean that just kind of grows as we go like in season two there are a lot of shots that are directly taken from like kurosawa samurai movies um and they're phenomenal. And it really makes me I remember retweeting something, a uh, shot from the like Ahsoka episode that was compared with an episode of with a shot from Yojimbo, And I was just like, That's Star Wars, baby. That's what it's all about. <laughs> like yes. Absolutely, yes.
1: Um, um. I need to. I don't think I've ever seen a Coruscant movie, which seems like a crime. I should fix well, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That would be. That would be. I recommend. Uh. My recommendation to start for everyone and you, for that matter, is Rashomon. Um, okay. Which is probably on Criterion. I'm not positive. I think that but, a lot of them are on HBO Max. So I should oh, just. You're look right. There. Rashomon is on HBO Max. So I know. Okay. I saw it the other day. Um, I, tr- I might try to make that happen this weekend. I'm recommending that because I've been told that uh, another movie, which brief aside, coming out later this year, The Last Duel, is going to be like medieval Rashomon. So, hell yeah! <laughs> it,
1: Rashomon, from what I understand, also like did all of this stuff with like editing and storytelling,
0: yes. like multi-narrative kind of yes. flashback, different perspectives on the same yeah. story, kind of a thing, um, which is. I mean, there was just also something that plays into not so much not not in Mandalorian yet, but it's something that we see in, you know, Last Jedi to bring it back to bring it yes. back to Star Wars. Yeah. We see we have a Rashimon moment in The Last Jedi. Um And what a what a fucking movie, y'all. Okay. <laughs> we can't we can't do this or, or the about from... Last Jedi again. Uh oh uh oh. <laughs> we better stop quick. Uh but I and I mean I jokingly say we'd better stop, but I think we've covered most of it.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, this episode has gone as long as the episode we covered, so
0: <laughs> it seems like a good, good always time to a stop. Good, always a good uh, metric. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, any, any last thoughts on this episode, slash just, I don't know, Mando in general, Star Wars in general, whatever you want, man?
1: Yeah, I mean, I hadn't watched... Well, so after Rise of Skywalker, I watched Mando Season 2. And I have the feeling of like, oh, yeah, Star Wars is good from watching that. Yeah. But then since then, I haven't watched any Star Wars. Um, but watching this is just like, oh, yeah, I just love this universe. Like, yeah. everything about Star Wars is just so cool. I love it so much. Yeah. It's, it's good to be watching good Star Wars again. <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. And that's the thing is, you know, after after the chaos of of rise of skywalker um it was hard for a while right to keep your to to remember that <laughs> like oh no 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 i do enjoy this you know like i do enjoy this i don't enjoy this movie specifically um yeah but i enjoy this world and most of the time like 99% of the time i enjoy being in this world um and yeah, I mean, and re-watching this is part of it. And, you know, our last episode that just came out was re- me rewatching Rogue One. And also, A- finally, I-, I didn't click with that movie originally, but this time I was just like, no, this is great. <laughs> this is great. It's just very different from what I expected. You know, that's another movie that sets its tone and, you know, is very much like not holding your hand, like <laughs> adjusting you to it. It's like, no. This is what we're doing. And this is, that's very much what Mandalorian is. Um, 100%. Yeah. I, and I love it. have mixed feelings
1: on Rogue One. Yeah. There's good stuff. There's bad stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm just now realizing that I don't think I heard that episode of the podcast. So I'm
0: well make sure it is coming out before this one comes out yeah i see okay (laughs) we are we are doing the doing the responsible podcast thing where we start banking things in advance (laughs) i like it um so yeah uh great well do you have any uh anything you want to plug for our lovely folks out there
1: Yeah, I will plug um, the Best Pictures podcast, which you mentioned at the beginning. It's where me and Cody Lunsford and Chad Oliver go year by year through our lives, and we each pick a movie from that year that we think is the best of the year. We do an episode on each of those movies, an episode on the Best Picture winner from that year, and then sometimes just an extra movie for fun. So um, as of release of this episode, Episode we will probably be in 2011, which is fun. We're like starting to approach. Like it was weird in the 90s. It's like Boy. I I like these movies. I don't remember when The Fugitive came out, um, but now it's like <laughs> oh now we're in the Oscar seasons that I cared about. Like yeah. I remember. Um, Brokeback Mountain was probably the first one that I really cared about. And then, like, Hurt Locker versus Avatar, I was, like, invested in. Yeah. King's Speech was the first one I had watched before it won. So, like, all of. I it's like this is where I started caring about movies now. Yeah. Um so it's it's very exciting to be at that point in the podcast.
0: Boy, I feel like I blinked and y'all like caught up <laughs> like yeah. so much like on that show.
1: The the 2000s like <laughs> went by in a, in a flash. It was yeah. crazy. Although I feel like we don't have a ton of like space from the 2000s, so it very much felt like oh these are just like 90s movies and then mm-hmm. now it's like oh these are just like pre-2010s movies. Yeah. And I was, like, no, there was something going on there. I just don't quite know what it was yet.
0: Yeah, the two thousands were a were a weird period. <laughs>
1: yes, I'm. I'm always excited to like. I mean, I feel like the the past ten years. I mean, like with and this is just we're not even talking about Star Wars anymore. Um, <laughs> but with. Um, like, a lot of, like, 80s revival stuff, whether it's Stranger Things or Mm -hmm. It or all kinds of stuff. And then now we're, like, starting to get to some, like, 90s redemption. And, like, I'm just... I can't wait until we get to, like, talking about, like, 2000's redemption. Like, oh, I can't wait. I can't oh, wait until we all agree that, like, McG was, like, a visionary. I'm here for <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. I was about to say, there's some wild stuff into two thousand <laughs> there that we could decide to revive. <laughs>
1: but, I mean, like, cultures are already coming around like, McG's Charlie's Angels. Yeah, So, like, no, it's there only a matter of time things. until Blank Check does a McG miniseries.
0: Oh, Oh, lord. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it'll ever
1: happen.
0: (laughs) No, but oh, man. Oh, boy. And do I have anything to plug? I guess I always have my same old plugs. Um, You can always listen to more episodes of uh, Igniting the Spark on TFS, as well as our other lovely podcasts. Um, And, of course, you can check out my writing on the website. Uh, At this point, the last thing I probably published was my top ten of last year. Um, it's been a weird year for movies and continues to be a weird year for movies. Uh, but hopefully, uh, as we start getting back to more in theater movie experiences, I will, uh, start writing more again. Um, and yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd. You can also follow Mark on Letterboxd. I'll plug Mark on Letterboxd. Yes, I'm on letterboxed at
1: <laughs> Watlington Mark. Also where you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, to spell that. It's a long last name. It's it's in the title of this episode. Just look at it.
0: <laughs> and um, yeah, and I'm everywhere at Cannley Smith92. Um, and yeah. Twitter, Instagram, all that hey, good stuff. Hey,
1: I've never asked you what the '92s for, because you weren't oh, born in 92, right? I was born in 92. Yeah, it's oh. just my birth year. <laughs> I didn't realize you were older than me. Anyway.
0: Uh, I'm old. Not,
1: <laughs> to be clear, not much older.
0: Not but... much older. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I, that is a fact I have been acutely aware of for our entire friendship, so don't oh, worry about okay.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> we were just <laughs> in like a bunch of classes together, but yeah. then again, you did like
0: whatever yeah I had uh, thermodynamics was a struggle <laughs> I didn't oh hey it at that. <laughs> same <laughs> I took it twice <laughs> yes I, took... I don't mean thermo
1: one and thermo two I mean thermo one and then thermo one again
0: yeah I, here's the thing I took uh, both thermos twice so that's why <laughs> that's why we ended up being in a lot of classes together so anyway yes um but anyway after that trip down uh, memory lane <laughs> I guess I will uh, fully wrap up the episode Uh, which is just in saying to everybody at home, may the Force be with you.